Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, Evertonians. Welcome to the Tuffy Web Podcast, the mostly weekly offering from the web's longest-running Everton website, discussing the happenings, or lack thereof, if we're talking incoming transfers, at Finch Farm and Goodison Park. Andy Howard, Adam McCulloch, Paul Trail, and myself, Lyndon Lloyd, are here to lament, perhaps even marvel in a perverse way, at the fact that the Toffees are somehow going into a fourth Premier League fixture without a reliable goalscorer. Everton did win a game on Tuesday night, beating Fleetwood in the Carabao Cup to set up a week's sojourn to uh, Bournemouth in November, but the performance probably didn't ease concerns about the void that exists at centre-forward. Added to that, Deli Alley, a potential but unexplored forward option, has left for Besiktas on loan, and Anthony Gordon's future is very much in the air, heading into the final week of the transfer window. Gents, with all that said, got anything uplifting to talk about? <laughs> They've done a great job of like uh, all that sort of uh, end of last season of all that sort of like, yeah, we did it. Optimism. The fans were all like together. Come on, this can't happen again. They've really done a great job of of just popping popping that balloon and haven't they? <laughs> just like the, sucking the life out of us this season of it in, in, in three games, in four games with the cup. Incredible really, isn't it? I don't know. We're unbeaten in two. I think, you know, <laughs> riding the crest of a Fleetwood wave. I'm, I'm feeling okay. No, it's, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's it's really stymied that feel-good factor we all built up. Um, I don't think anyone was expecting a huge wave of new talent to be coming through the doors, but there's this gaping chasm up at the top end of the pitch that's still not been filled and even against Fleetwood, despite the win, we look very toothless. So, yeah, it's it's certainly killed that buzz. It's weird because I went from being, I went from feeling at the beginning of the season, I know I remember listening to a po- one of your podcasts that I couldn't come on in the summer. And I remember thinking, crikey, if I had a tenner now, I'd put it on Everton to go down. And then I 
kind of came out of that with like the Tarkovsky thing, and then I thought, uh, and then Onana came through the door. I thought, okay, the, yeah, I can see what we're doing here, and now I'm, I, I feel myself kind of sliding down that cliff again of of, of being actually worried. I, I was strangely calm for about three weeks about Everton. Even when the season started, I thought, okay, well, it's only Chelsea. I mean, you know, Chelsea are going to be a good side, you know. Oh, well, it's Villa, all right. Maybe this, you caught us on a bad day. But actually, the more you think about it, the two games coming up in the next week are, are actually quite terrifying now. Because if we don't win either of them, then it, I think it does start to get worrying again. Um, and I, th- I, I, th- I thought the kind of, uh, I thought that period had gone. It hasn't, has it? No, I think you've summed it up perfectly there. Um, I think, as I put on Twitter, um, the that kind of gnawing stress and, and angst that was in the belly for about you know a few weeks at the end of last season, it, it, it's back. Uh, you know, it's early days. Yes, it's early days. The transfer deadline hasn't passed, but it just, it's just, it is, it's, it is worrying because I think when you look ahead to these next two games. Um, the chances of us winning either one looks very slim at this point. And then you're going into a Merseyside derby and then a game against Arsenal. And by which point you'll be, what, six, seven games in with, God, Lord knows how many points on the board. So it, it is it is concerning, but I suppose you, you just have to put faith in the fact that they're working on things behind the scenes. We can get someone in who can hit the ground running and maybe you know, cause a couple of surprises. But I think you're right that the recruitment in every area, apart from obviously this lack of a centre forward, has been pretty good. And we were reasonably encouraged. Um, but now the 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 focus and the urgency really is on filling that, that, that centre forward role with not one, but probably two players who can, who can provide goals. Um, but we'll have to see what happens. The overall recruitment makes it even more baffling about the forward positions, doesn't it? Because if, if the if the overall picture had looked still scatty and we're thinking, what, what's the plan there? I don't understand that transfer. I don't know where that's come from. Then, okay, then it would be where we were, where we've been for the last two or three years. But actually, everything else has made sense just apart from that. And, and it makes it mind-boggling. I mean... How can you get that much right and yet not get that bit as well? I mean, I don't know. And I think also that the downward trend in kind of mood and whatever, I think is looking at other teams as well. I mean, you you see Leeds picking up wins. You see Brentford picking up a, a win in a, a, in a good point. You see Palace obviously progressing. And I, I just, you know, even Forest really. Um you know, Southampton looked all right the other day. Um, and you think, whoa, where are the three that are worse than us then? Mm. Yeah, even Fulham looking, <laughs> looking, yeah. looking pretty good. That was like, you know, one of them, ah, oh, we'll finish way above them. I mean, you think, <laughs> who, who's below us at the I mean, I know it's only three games, so let's just kind of, let's put that kind of, uh, let's put that right out there. But you look at who's below us, Leicester, West Ham and Wolves. Well, they're all going to be all right, aren't they? If the season ended tomorrow, I'd take it. <laughs> um, because, yeah, the worrying thing as well is all those sides you mentioned, what a lot of them have got in common is they've got a goal scorer. Fulham, Mitrovic, Brentford, mm-hmm. Tony, Southampton at the minute, 
the uh, in demand Shea Adams um, <laughs> for for in two games, but, but they've all got an out and out striker who can deliver. Maybe maybe Forest haven't, although they bought in Dennis, who looks like you know there's someone we were linked with. Um, but all, all those sides have got 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 a decent striker. We had Calvert Lewin, but as we've discussed at length. Um, that was never something we could truly rely on. Um, to see just Rondon in that position going into this final week is frightening. And although it made a difference having someone, anyone there whose specialist position is to play at the top end of the pitch, did make a difference against Forest, and it sort of made a difference against Fleetwood um, in a game we would have expected to win. But going into these tricky next few games with him as our option is yeah adds to that fear factor well then then them last sort of like 20 minutes or so against fleetwood it, it was pretty painful watching watching ronda like a spent ronda a knackered can no, no longer move Rondon. it's just a bit a very painful sight in your in your in your club shirt isn't it <laughs> you know have we I mean? ever seen a rondon who's not spent that's that's the question um but yeah but you can see him like you've seen him off the bench he can be a little lively in these little spurts for like 20 minutes he's not too bad in them situations i'd, I'd never go as far to say he's good you know what I mean? but like um yeah you see this little i think you mentioned the other week then he, he does have some sort of striking instincts he's loves that chest and volley from the edge of the box the low one which just always mm-hmm. goes about a foot wide yeah <laughs> he's, he's got a few calling card <laughs> yeah there's that diving header which misses he loves, he's got, he loves that look of anguish like he didn't expect to miss <laughs> like he um yeah he's it's just it, it, it's just really really frustrating just having to but i mean oh uh, he did the jogging fleetwood for now but you're thinking he's fleetwood he shouldn't be so knackered he should he should be able to sort of still have the better of defenders in there and then close him into the game he looked like yeah, a lower league player to me and then in that, that last half hour so it was pretty pretty worrying you can see why Go back to the Forest game, which seems like ages ago now. By the way, the Forest game <laughs> last Saturday seems like a lifetime ago. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see why Lampard took him off after an hour. To be fair, because like you, you've seen what you can do or can't do in the last half hour, so I think it, it kind of actually we're going to go onto that Forest game a little bit. The the substitutions in that game, we got. I couldn't believe the Davis substitution. I couldn't believe that we uh, why why we didn't withdraw. I've been going on about this for a while, haven't I? This dislike of the three at the back, but why we didn't withdraw a centre-back and put uh, leave Davis in midfield and let Anana go about it, asking him to come on and play defensive mid was was, was really, nearly suicide. He got robbed immediately. We nearly, nearly lost the game. But I thought that the up the top end of the pitch, that was a good move because that ball over the top was working time and time again in that last sort of like uh, twin, creating all sorts of opportunities doing that. So that was a wise move, but at the same time we did like, it's like one step forward, one step back sort of thing, wasn't it? Because the... Um, the other substitution was really, really poor. Um, so that was, yeah, just to go on about that for a minute, that was, that, that was really frustrating. But yeah, well, uh, let's see what we do in this next week. It's a week to go now, isn't it? Till the window shuts. Is that right? A week, a week today. Yeah. Is it one of the midnight deadlines or 10 p.m. deadlines? Anyone know? Or five? It's, I don't know. Is it usually 11 p.m.? I'd have to check, but I think it's 11 p.m. I actually thought it was the 31st, but I suppose it's it's the first. Um, I mean, it's if, if you think about how much business clubs have got done in the past, just in those final couple of days, a week, it feels, I suppose, in some ways like a long time, but in other ways, it's not, given mm. <laughs> how painfully slowly you know our transfer business has been moving this summer. 
Um, but just going back to back to the forest forest game, what you said, you know, we talked talked about the five three two or three four three or whatever formation it is, and nothing about that performance really convinced me that it's the way forward. I still feel like we're getting, um, you know, we're still losing the midfield battle, um, and obviously, once we have enough bodies to to put in there, I really hope that that, that Lampard is going to uh, to switch his focus back to that. Um, but you know, why you've got an, an unfit and an untried Onana, um, Alan's questionable fitness was I, I didn't hear a reason why he wasn't involved at Fleetwood. I think there's been obviously rumors about him being linked with a move back to Italy, but I don't know whether that's the reason why he was left out. Um, I think he was on the bench against Forrest because he recovered from that knock to his foot. Um, but yeah, it's um. I was perplexed by the by the the uh, substitution that removed um, Tom Davis because while I'm you know I'm not his biggest fan I thought he did well when he came on at Villa and I think he did well in that game you know and he just he sort of it, did he played the unfussy unspectacular role really well which is what you need in there um, if you don't have you know enough bodies in in that in that central area so um, it, it was there was very yeah as I say very little to um, inspire confidence that this this back three is going to be a long-term solution um i'm going to be interested to see how long lampard persists with it Mm. it might depend as well who else we bring in because i think we we thought when we were getting an honor in that we'd have idrissa gay to sort of compliment him to sort of shepherd him into the team um yeah and i think clearly from what we've seen so far there's there's promise but it, it needs discipline around him. And I think, yeah, I, I to- totally echo uh, your thoughts on the Forest game. Um, I think without someone like Tom Davis there to do the nitty gritty stuff and let Anana make mistakes without getting himself into trouble, which obviously, you know, could quite easily have been sent off um, mm. in that brief cameo yeah, against Fleetwood. He, he, he had little moments uh, when, when that kind of late drive forward uh, with a ball, he looked, you know, really athletic and strong. He was knocking players off and he certainly had a kind of introduction, um, a pretty rough introduction to uh, English football with some of the tackles he was getting. That's great experience for him, but we we can't, we sort of said this about Gordon last year as well, we can't pin all our hopes on a young player to sort of carry us through. We need experienced heads and a sort of system around that drives us forward and then hopefully they can, you know, develop and learn the game. Um, having Gay in there as well would be it would certainly make me feel more confident it would probably allow someone like Anana to develop into the player we hope that he can become um, but that address of Gay rumour just yeah I, I don't know what's happening with that we're getting it's five weeks more now with James Garner I don't know if, if that's the recruitment <laughs> policy sign someone called Garner um, but um <laughs> It's not gone. It's not gone in any results. But, um, yeah, does the image image? No, well, I don't want them. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> it like was it like was it really four or five weeks ago that we were like literally like oh yeah you know we, we were that confident he was signing we, we we were putting him in the team on the podcast we were like yeah he's going to play on Saturday we wasn't even yeah. <laughs> we were that like uh, yep it's done <laughs> yeah it's five weeks now five five weeks. <laughs> Is it, is it true that is it true that PSG are offering him elsewhere for free, but want a fee from us? I mean, 
That's, that's what report. some French yeah. reporters said, yeah. yeah. Um, so there's obviously something very strange going on there, isn't there? I mean... It strikes me like it's sort of deal which wouldn't be that hard to get over the line. It's a player like they don't want, a player who wants to leave, a player, you know what I mean, like at his age as well. I don't really understand why it's mm. like, it, you know what I mean? That's the that's they moved on. I don't know. I'm looking at something else instead. I don't yeah, know. Because this is PSG holding out for about 5 million quid, isn't it? <laughs> something like I mean, that. Yeah, I think so. Doesn't sound right to me. I mean... <laughs> Yeah. I think they're playing games ahead of the window, honestly. I mean, because because like you say, Paul, he's he's a player that they don't want. You know, he's already co- just agreed personal terms with us. He's agreed to take a pay cut. You know, it's just um, it's PSG. Either either there was something that happened in our negotiations with them um, when they signed Gay off us um, originally, or they're just having a laugh because you know we're a Premier League team and we have supposedly more money than other clubs from other countries do so they're like oh, we'll, we'll give him away to spain or wherever but if he's going to go to england then mm. we're going to get some money out of it it's it's um it's pretty galling really mm. going back to the system I, I watched um i watched brighton last night albeit against league one opposition who played the system that i think we're trying to get to um with this three at the back and um to see it function properly um it it, it, fe- it still feels quite a lot different to how we're doing it if you see what I mean like the, the wide center backs are real outlets as in they they will get the ball and drive into space and all the attacks seem to come really wide rather than through the middle and the, the two the two kind of central midfielders because they played a two were mainly focused on their positioning in the pitch they weren't really getting involved too much high up and so when the inevitable ball was lost in the middle of the pitch, we look wide open because our central midfielders or one of them has gone to try and really affect the play. Uh, where they they seem instantly compact. Um, and yeah, I, I know it was against League One opposition, but also it was the kind of second string of Brighton, really. And it just struck me that, you know, I, I've been behind what Lampard wants to try there because we've got strength in that area of centre-half and he's bought a player in Cody who's a, a big kind of uh, expert in that system. But I don't know whether it's really getting, the like you were saying with the midfield, I don't know whether it's really getting the best of our, uh, some of our parts if we're not going to, you know, be as well drilled as the teams that play it well, because it, it does spring up all sorts of problems still, doesn't it? I mean, the, the centre of the park is still a, a hole, isn't it? I, I, I can't understand why we haven't seen three in there. Well, I mean, Benitez didn't put three in there, so yeah. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But the, the Everson managers just seem reluctant to play three in the middle of the park. And so many other teams do as well. You just like by just by weight of numbers, you just, you're going to get overrun, aren't you? You know what I mean? Especially if you haven't got these that you know, this, this, you can't match the other teams with quality a lot of the time, which we can't. That to be fair. Um, mm. I wouldn't mind if, like, if, if uh, these this three at the back had kept any clean sheets in this time, but we haven't. That's three, you know. What I mean, well, okay, against Fleetwood we did, but three games, no, no clean sheets. Yeah, okay, we lost to two games by the odd goal, both a bit unlucky, and one-one with Forest. But I think that's the thing. If you if you're buckling down and keeping it tight, if that's the the way to do it, if that's what we're trying to do at the moment. While we don't have too many options at the other end of the pitch, I don't know if that's part of the thinking, but. No clean sheets out of the three. That's you know, it, okay. It's it's only three games, but it's and it's only it's only 
four goals, is it, in that time? But it's, yeah, I wouldn't mind if it was clean sheets or at least a clean sheet. Or, you know, I mean, it's, I'm not giving too much away out back there, but that's my frustration. It's not, you know, it, it, it's, not doing, it's not doing that job. You know what I mean? So that's, uh, that's my frustration with it. I think we have firmed up to a degree. We firmed up to oh, a degree. Yeah. I mean, as I say, we we're not, you know, shipping goals um, like we were at times last season. And I am more confident with the defense that we have now. Um, but but I think going, going back to Brighton, anyone who's you know seen them play knows that Graham Potter, if nothing else, has got that team playing great football, and everyone knows their role. And it's very um, you know it's very it's, it's a very tight ship now. But he's also had a few years to to bet it in. Um, and Lampard, you know, I think we have to recognize he walked into chaos and is still really you know not working under favorable conditions. Um, and until I think he has a, a consistent, uh, consistent midfield or a consistent, uh, you know, c- consistent personnel that he can rely on, I think he's going to struggle to get any uh, continuity and consistency out of the, the players that he has. Um, and the other thing is, you know, if you're going to play with um, with the five man back line and you've got two wing backs, then you really need two specialist wing backs. And I'm not sure that Mikalenko falls into that category. I think Vinagre looks much more. At home as a wing back, um, Nathan Patterson looks, has looked great going forward, and then obviously the idea is that the, the those three can can protect your back line without the need for a, a true sort of you know, holding defensive midfield in front of them. Um, much much might depend on just having that outlet up front. You know, I think until you have forward players who can hold the ball up and 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 receive the ball and maybe beat a man or um, you know, someone who's tall enough in there to to be a target for crosses from the left and the right. I think I just think that we're going to be aimless until we have something up front, someone to fill that void. Um, and so it's 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 hard to sort of reserve judgment and and be patient about it. Um, but I think in in some ways we have to wait for the next few weeks just to see once the deadline's done who's in there, which players are are at um, Lampard's disposal, and which ones he ends up being able to rely on. And out of that will come, hopefully, settled formation. That's the thing, isn't it? Without without that focal point, if you are playing a system that, as you say, Andy, benefits really from having width, having having those extra options out wide, you need that focal point then in the middle to get on the end of it. We haven't got that. So what we're seeing is a lot of play through the middle. Um, a lot of the best stuff we're seeing is from Iwobi, um, who is been by far and away sort of strongest um, performer so far this season, uh, carrying his form on and having everything kind of sort of go through his determination, his, his running, his desire to pass the ball forward. That's great. That's a great option to have. But without that man in the middle, uh, further up the pitch, all of that doesn't really, doesn't really matter. And it does end up looking more like a, a flat back five that, also gets overrun in the middle and then is completely reliant on those two wide forwards, Gordon and Gray, as been most of the case, sometimes McNeil, to deliver, which, to be fair, Gray, great finish for the uh, for the goal against Forrest. Um, also against Fleetwood as well. He, he's looked sharp at times. Gordon, I think we can all agree, looked a little strange um at the weekend like he was maybe trying to do too much at times sometimes overplaying it um i think we might know why (laughs) um possibly trying to justify a fee that's 
going past that threshold now, um, as I think you were chatting about last week, um, I'd say that's in that ballpark where that money could make a real difference to everything that we're talking about, that grit in the middle, um, that presence up at the top end of the pitch and probably another wide player with end product. Um, if we could use that money or whatever money is available to do some of that business, I think hopefully we can alleviate some of these fears and whatever system we're playing, whether it's this preferred system we've started with or maybe going back to four at the back and some sort of variation on that um, with three central midfielders, I would feel a lot more confident. Um, but yeah, a week, as you say, can can do quite a lot in that final week, but it it, it seems like a lot of business to do. Um in quite a crowded marketplace, certainly for certainly for forwards, there's there's not many around, which is maybe the one mitigating factor with all of this. There's not too many options that I'm looking at, thinking, oh, I, I really wish we would stump up 25 million for Shea Adams. Um, not to pinpoint him too much, but I don't necessarily think that's where we should be looking. Um, no. But not for that amount, anyway. No, but someone, something mm-hmm. before this time next week would be great well we have to we have to i mean in all seriousness we're going down if we don't because there's there's no one scoring goals in that team if we don't bring someone in so i mean it's it's quite that simple because i think relying on on calvert lewin's fitness is a gamble a massive gamble we did it last season and almost you know paid a heavy price for it um let's let's you know have feel optimistic about it that he's going to come back and play maybe 30 odd games but the chances are that he breaks down at some point again um, with some injury related to the problem that he had last season. And then we're back to, you know, Salomon Rondon again with literally nobody else available apart from Tom Cannon, who's 19 um, and, and, or, and any combination of wide player that we want to put up there that isn't going to fill that role adequately because we've already seen that, you know, we've seen that neither McNeil gray or Gordon are capable of playing a centre forward role to the degree that we need them to, um, particularly you know, with this with this team that's, that's basically been built to to feed a tall striker with you know with with wing backs and and that kind of thing. So I think we have to sign a striker, and you'd have to hope that they will either either have something lined up or they'll just panic and get someone. You know, <laughs> I've always thought that there must be someone lined up. Because that, that, going on the going on the the other sensible dealings that we've seen, which have been sensible, um, I thought, well, we're just doing it in a particular order, because those players are available at this time. So I've I've never really been like too panicky about it. But the last week, I'm thinking, wow. I mean, we really haven't brought a striker yet, have we? I mean, I, I I'm kind of starting to now lose a bit of patience with it where like we i suppose it all goes round, doesn't it what we were saying before where they they had a everybody's patience at the beginning of the season because of how last season finished and i don't know i it's it like you said in your introduction i, I it's it's almost a, an achievement at this point not to have signed a striker <laughs> it, it, to send two out on loan as well um I'm not suggesting, suggesting either of those are the answer, but they did send two young kids out on loan who are playing good championship. Uh, sorry, 
one's playing good championship standard, the other's playing for Derby, which is a good, you know, a good League One mm. standard. But it's it, it's a real achievement at this stage. Well, here's my sense of it is is that the targets just aren't there unless you discount Brozier, who I think we it seems to be that he is the first choice. Um, Lampard seems to be really keen on him. And in the absence of being able to get Chelsea to part with him up until now, we've been looking around and I think we've looked at this Jurassi, at, who's at Rennes, um, who apparently, again, we're holding talks with, um, but maybe Lampard isn't convinced by him. The report yesterday about Ben um, Brereton Diaz was that Lampard needs to decide if he wants him or not. Now, that doesn't sound like joined up transfer strategy, if, if that's the case. I mean, it's let's not put too much emphasis on, on what is a, you know, speculation from a reporter. Um, that I mean, This may not be the case, but my sense is that it's as good that it's gone this far because, you know, people who can put the ball in the back of the net on a regular basis are like gold dust. We're not the only team looking. Wolves are, are I think, the, the biggest team left now, now that Newcastle is signing this, this um, Swedish lad from uh, Real Sociedad. I think that... We're now getting to the end and having to sort of see who's left. Um, Lampard has to decide, you know, who's going to be able to do a job. And at this point, if we don't get our top target, then it is going to have to be just someone who can do a job. And we hope that they can do a good enough job to <laughs> to see us safe. I guess if you um, if we're looking for top players, though, I guess we, the, the the top player that we're looking to sign from that club then needs to think about their replacement as well. It's just that tough sort of scenario, isn't it? It's not it's not easy. It's just they've had all bloody summer to figure this out. That's what that, that, that that's the that's the frustration, isn't it? It's not you know it's not well, like it's longer oh, than that. It's it's longer than that. Oh yeah, it? yeah, you're right, yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And closer you get to the window, the worse it is. Yeah. yeah. Just for just on the fork, can you, can you imagine the fume if we get to Tuesday and lose at Ellen Road and we still haven't haven't signed a striker over there? You, you imagine the meltdown on the on, on, on Twitter from Evertonians. It'd be quite a quite a quite a sight, wouldn't it? It's a very real possibility. Yeah, and as we've lost both games, and, and, yes. and yeah, if we've lost both games and and haven't signed anyone, it'd be an absolute. Oh, God. <laughs> Twitter will just blow up, won't it? One of my concerns about the formation thing is that I think Lampard feels slightly vindicated by the number of chances that we're creating. But if you look at the, they're not, very few of them are actually clear-cut chances. You know, a lot of them are, you know, sort of being engineered by work at the edge of the box and someone's having a shot from there. And, you know, I mean, all of Gordon's efforts against um, against Forrest were fairly routine to deal with. I mean, you know, it's, in terms of clear-cut chances, I'm not convinced we're we're creating as many as 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 Lampard seems to think that we are. But just on Anthony Gordon for a minute, because I, I saw him last season. I thought, yeah, he, you know, he works hard. He's a good player. He's, he, he's he's doing really really well. And then obviously, I think we uh, we discussed off air. I think didn't we? Like, oh yeah, Spurs bid thirty or million quid for him. Newcastle bid this much. Maybe it's worth taking. Um, and then obviously the bids come into 40, 45, 50, up to sixty million. Crazy money, but. Maybe I was more focused on Anthony Gordon watching the Forest game than maybe I normally would be because obviously of, what, of, of all the attention that he'd had from Nottingham Forest. But that's the first time I've really looked at him and thought, actually, I can really, really see that big potential. I can see why yes. uh, why, why, why a team with a lot of money would be thinking, OK, he's worth the punt because he's, 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 he, he works very hard. He's got, um, he's got good aggression. He's, um, and I thought his, 
his decision making for the first time seeing for us, he was making the right decisions. Uh, I thought most of the time it's for us. Then two chances he fashioned. One, he did the right thing at the edge of the box, that little shimmy and shot, which was mm-hmm. which was saved. And I thought when he dribbled into the box and twisted and turned a bit and got that shot away, which was again comfortably saved. It was the right idea, just wrong execution at the time. So you know, and you would get better at that. So actually, the first time I thought like it would be a heck of a loss. You know what I mean? To actually not have him available. You know what I mean? But you know, the money we just have to take it for that for that money and and invest it bloody quickly. Have them have them ducks lined up and get it done. We have to looking for a double swoop on Watford for like Saab and who's the other fella? Um, who keeps getting, Pedro, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe they're looking at that. He wasn't about to go to Newcastle and that stopped all of a sudden. I don't know. I've got to believe that the <laughs> that the there's something lined up. Whether that's like once Gordon goes. It just fires off a few things straight away. I don't know. I'd, I'd like to think anyway that they that they, that they've, uh, they, they've, they've got things lined up because it's as you said, um, as, you, as you said, Andy, like they've done most of the other recruitment pretty well. So it just seems like unfathomable to think that they haven't done anything with this. But it's gone so desperately quiet, hasn't it? And apart from Delhi Ali leaving on loan, it just seems like silence, doesn't it, Goodison at the moment? You know, it's um, it is worrying. It really is. We've got a new suit partnership. That's quite exciting. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, the, the worry is that because we are still waiting to see what happens with Gordon, that maybe we're still requiring people to leave before we can bring someone in. Or maybe they're thinking that the calibre of player they want to bring in requires players to leave. So getting De- Deli Ali out of, out of the uh, door, freeing up some wages, possibly bringing in a bit of a loan fee, that could be part of it. Obviously, or joking aside, the commercial deals that they're trying to do over the last couple of couple of months. Yeah, um, yeah. That's part of it as well. Um, I know there's links with Mbamin going back, uh, going going to Turkey as well. Sorry, um, and you could easily see someone else, maybe like a Gomez, going out of the door. Um, that was one positive, I should say, from the Fleetwood game. I thought Lewis Warrington was uh, um, Lewis Warrington was. Um, I thought really comfortable on the ball when he came he on. He looks terrific, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, really, really easy on the eye. Just, just took took the ball well. Didn't didn't do anything too clever, too fancy, but used it well. Um, not saying that he's someone who's going to start in the Premier League, probably, but certainly someone who I'd like to see more of off the bench and gradually introduce into the side. Um, certainly ahead of some of those aforementioned central midfielders, we're trying to clear out. Um, but yeah, that is that is the concern that maybe it does require exits before we really do some proper business. Even for uh, the likes of, say, Burton Diaz at Blackburn, which I, you know, from what I've seen of him, look, would would be a decent move in that he can play off the left as well as up front. Um, even just as, as someone, uh, yeah, I, I know that's that's what we're, we're saying. We we'd like someone. Um, I, I do I do worry that we're going to sell the likes of Gordon for big money and then bring someone in for significantly less and it, and that will that might just be it it might be Gordon for 60 someone like Shea Adams for around 20 25 million and this is more been about accounting than it has been about a transfer strategy that's not quite come off but I, I might be I might be proven wrong. We might we might go out and bring players in regardless. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Well, a win on Saturday would lift a lot of pressure, wouldn't it? That, that, that would certainly well. help. Uh, I can't see that, by the way. I don't have a good feeling about this weekend's game. I think Brentford just looked like a good team, and they lost the following mm-hmm. other week. I just don't. 
it doesn't feel like a team I'd like to play right now away at Brentford to me. And they, yeah, that'd be embarrassing, wouldn't it? Losing three games to the vote at Brentford. Did we lose? To, did we even lose to them in the in the in the League Cup a few years ago as well? So we'd be four games of the vote. <laughs> so we beat them in the FA Cup, didn't we? Oh, uh, yeah. That's Lampard's, oh, Lampard's first game, but yeah, still. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, in the league, not a great place. result. <laughs> When's Dominic back, though? When's, I mean, has it been, has Carver Lewin been injured for longer than we've been assuming Adrissa Gay is an Everton player? I think isn't he penciled in for the derby? That might be the, the first game that he can... Because I think he's a little bit ahead of schedule. He was back on the grass last week, so... Um. I wonder if Evan are just trying to do this like, or, you know, if he's just going to be playing this Saturday or something like, uh, like, ha-ha! <laughs> so that sort of thing, you know? Like, uh, I don't know. Like, it, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I can't imagine he's, he can't be too far away from getting back. And I don't know if you can get... A, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm clutching the straws totally, but if we can... Get a, run, a little bit of a run against some Dominic and some goals, and then hopefully he doesn't make the World Cup squad. Not that I wouldn't want him to play for England, but you know what I mean. That's a that's a good break for him then across like you know November and a lot of December. You know what I mean? If you could just get him through them games until then and give him the rest he needs, then sounds a bit desperate, doesn't it? But um, we are desperate. You know what I mean? So that's mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I don't know if you can get him back on the pitch for for, for a few. And there's an international break coming up as well. Yeah, might just be able to patch him around a few games, and if, but yeah, either way, it's it's ridiculous that we haven't got any backup whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, really, so surely they'll do something. Just going back to the the, the chances we are or not creating, I having I know it was only Fleetwood, but having taken that game as an example, um, I think we we did create opportunities that won't ever go down as chances or chances missed because simply the striker was not in the correct position where a striker should be or anticipating any kind of ball in or anticipating anything, to be honest. Um, I, I mean, two or three times the ball was squared or put into the box and you just think, well, a striker who's on his game there would probably be reading that. So I don't know whether Lampard may be thinking that in effect we're creating situations rather than chances as such that someone's skying over the bar or hitting wide. It, it might be that he's happier with what situations the, f- the front three or four are getting into and they're, 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 then your goal scorer does the rest. It doesn't, doesn't solve any problems, but I wonder whether that might be what he's thinking rather than when we're, we're creating the wrong type of chances. We're, we're probably creating situations where a striker would flourish. Yeah. Well, based on his post-match comments, I think that's what he's thinking, is that there is enough you know, enough going on there that once we do have the forward situation resolved, that we will be better. And I think we will be, but my concern is that it's not just Calvert-Lewin. You know, we've had Calvert-Lewin up there and looked terrible before because he's... Um, no, he can only do so much. He's not one of those strikers that kind of creates his own chances. He needs someone else up there, which is why playing Richarlison off him was, has been so effective in the past. And it's why I think we need either Iwobi to be pushed further forward or you need to add someone. And I don't know much about this Mohamed Kudus guy um, from Ajax, but he from he sounds like the kind of profile, a, a player who can play as a number 10 or who has played up front himself. Um, with a bit, um, with a bit of sort of technique and, and ability about him to play off someone like Calvert Lewin, 
I feel like we need that to be, you know, a rounded enough team to score, you know, to have enough players who can actually score goals rather than have to put everything on Calvert-Lewin's shoulders, which, you know, as I say in the past, we've kind of come unstuck because it's not always, you know, you can't do everything. And that's why it's disappointing. Obviously, the, the Deli Alley move didn't work out. Just yeah. for that, yeah. that guile in the in the final third. Um, I think it's probably the right decision to let him go, although without someone else coming in at this point in time, it, again, as you said in your build-up, it's, um, it's one attacking player out, none in. So that is still concerning. But it's, I think from what we've seen of Iwobi... Um, yeah, pushing him forward um, would would be good. Certainly, if there was a you know a midfield of um, a discipline a disciplined player, whoever that might be, whether it's Tom Davis, whether it's Adrissa Garnagay, whether it's someone else, with a kind of athletic box to box player. If that's Decor, if he's fit, if it's Anana, um, with a an attacking number ten style player, that that would be a system that I think that would maybe serve us well against sides where we want to go out and win the game, keep keep the back three for games where we want to be a bit tighter if, if that system's working. But having that other option, um, certainly in games like the Forest game, where I think there was there was certainly the, the game was there to be won, as it was against Villa. Um, I think having someone like Iwobi, who's been so positive, allow him to be positive in that area of the pitch rather than what what he's doing at the minute, which is sort of two jobs. He's being expected to sort of be the creative player who's making things happen, but also he's the destructor who's going around trying to close people down left, left, right and centre. Um, allowing him just to express himself a bit, I don't think that'd be the worst thing. Um, but as you say, it, it, again, it all boils down to having someone in that top area of the pitch who... Yeah, I think I think the thing about movement and chances, it's it's totally right because we've seen over the last couple of games how many times Rondon was either caught offside or sort of checked his run because he clearly didn't fancy himself to run through, and it's yeah, yeah. He, he's he's not he's not fit, I, I, it, or this might be his level of fit, um, which isn't really something I can comment on, but certainly from watching it, um, I'm I'm seeing someone who who cannot lead an attack in the Premier League. Um, someone who, yeah, could could come on, as you said, said earlier, Paul, for, for 10 minutes at the end of a game and cause some problems um, and could play in a League Cup game at Fleetwood and maybe get on the score sheet, great. But not, not someone to base a system around, certainly. So someone someone who can, who can move and show for these uh, situations, as I think you called it, Andy, which I think is, yeah, a nice way of putting it. Um, because they're not chances if no one's really taking that gamble or doing something a little bit different in that final third. Or if Dwight McNeil, Dwight McNeil's on the end of it, what was that? Oh, goal, yeah. <laughs> that was, a, that that was, was interesting. Winter, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but Anthony Gordon it does exactly what Adam just said, in a phrase there, he makes things happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing that we will definitely lose. Um, if he was to leave, um, he is somebody that is unpredictable with the ball, and and also from a, in a pressing sense, he makes things happen. Um, and that is, I think, probably his 
is biggest attribute to us at the moment because we have so little unpredictability in that area of the pitch. Um, I think that's what we'll miss the most. So we would need to, you know, we would need to try and duplicate that with somebody else who who is a little bit more off grid. Yeah, no, I agree. And the, the thing that's encouraging to me um, is that when we when we do throw everything at the team, as we did at Villa late on and against Forest, we've you know we've we've showed that we can actually cause teams problems. Um, my concern is that we're going to play two teams next who do that pretty much for ninety minutes. I mean, Brentford and Leeds are both you know, high intensity, um, mobile, they have speed in their ranks. I mean, and they're playing with a, with a sense of abandon that, that we're not. And that is my concern is that we're not going to be able to live with that kind of approach. Yeah. It's going to be tough on Saturday. Um, I'm down Lucas father has his leads at the moment. <laughs> I just got to get to get this one out the way first and, uh, and see, but yeah, just I don't know. I just don't have a good feeling about it. It's not, um, well, it's but as I say, they're, they're, they're kind of similar, similar opposition and so you know, let's kind of look ahead to to almost keep because i don't think we're going to have signings done it doesn't look that we're going to have signings done so we might have the same team to, to go into both um with potentially no tom davis no decore in the middle um i think it was, as we've discussed a, a very raw looking amadou anana um, who's that, that kind of five-minute burst against Villa had us all thinking that we'd have someone who could come in and, and really make an instant impact. Uh, I think against Forrest, he largely sort of did his rugby tackle, um, had some had his momentum checked a bit and then disappeared, actually, for the rest of the game. And and for the beginning of the, uh, the Fleetwood game, I think he was the same before sort of really kind of growing into it and sort of starting to find his feet. Um, so I don't think we've got any any concerns over the long term, but in the short term, it does look as though he is going to take quite a bit of time to sort of find his feet and and sort of be be in, have this sort of gentle introduction. <laughs> Not that Fleetwood were giving him much of a gentle introduction, but sort of you know this slow kind of introduction to the team, which is why we need um, you know we need players around him that uh, can either help him if he's in the lineup or you know to help him so he can come on as the as the impact sub more than be relied on from the beginning. But, I mean, looking ahead to to, to Brentford, if there is no Decore, no Tom Davis, um, we know there won't be an Idrissa Gay. Um, yeah, who, who starts in that middle? Is is it Onana? Probably no Alan either. So they're going to they're make friends again, those two, and <laughs> that Alan place. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, I'm speculating. I, I, it just feels like there's been some sort of fallout or something with them. It just he's been mysteriously absent for quite a long time now. Even go back to the back end of last season, you know. Um, I know he had an injury Alan. and stuff. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So he had a groin injury or whatever a hernia that he had an operation on. That's why you know he he missed the last few games. I think he tried to play as much as he could on it. Yeah. Had the surgery. Missed preseason. Looked to be coming back. Took a knock before the Villa, the the Villa game, I think. And then he was supposedly back on the bench at Forest, but didn't, uh, but didn't uh, feature. And obviously, he was left out against Fleetwood. Again, is it because he's about to be, you know, sold back to to Italy? Is it? Is there some kind of other issue? I guess we'll find out soon enough. Yeah, I get the feeling out of all of those midfielders, we'd probably rather. Uh, the ones that are sort of available, shall we say, like Gomez and Bamin and Alan, I'd say we'd probably rather keep Alan out of those three, but he's probably the most saleable asset. Gabama's just landed in Turkey. 
did he get the same reception Deli Ali did? Or? I don't think he did. Looking at the pictures, he's on his own. Is he just raising his hands up in the air and maybe getting an elbow strain? Uh, but, um, yeah, I, I, I hope he, I hope he gets some games because I feel, I feel like, I mean, the, the reports from his loan in Moscow, he seemed to do okay, but it kind of sums up his look that that was where he ended up playing his football. Um, at quite a strange time in history after an awful, awful run of injuries um, and other issues. Um, yeah, so, okay, so that's that's one down. Uh, probably one more to go. I'd say, yeah, Alan is probably more in demand, shall we say, than Andre Gomez, but maybe they're thinking that's that's some wages that we can save and use elsewhere. I don't know, but if, if he is fit, Alan, I think... Um, it it it, w- it would be a toss up between him and Anana, wouldn't it? I think Iwobi starts um, for sure. Um, it, that that is if we're sticking with two in two in the middle. Um, I think he will. Yeah, mm, yeah. I think he will. So especially but aren't those the, the only two. Well, I'm it, just I, I was just looking through it. Then I, unless I've missed somebody, I'm pretty sure it's Iwobi plus one of Onana or. Well, that's it, isn't it? I mean, well, Alan, because Alan, Gomez Alan, is Alan, Alan. I mean, unless he was being saved for this mm. by not putting him in at Fleetwood, I don't know. I don't know. You think a few minutes that would probably help him, wouldn't it? I mean, like yeah. against Fleetwood, you know, even just mm. twenty minutes or so, probably worth having him available to get some game time. He doesn't play at all for, you know, barely. He played a little tiny bit of the season, didn't he? Mm. Was that black against Blackpool or something, or KF? I'm not sure. But anyway, um, I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I just get the feeling there's something. I don't know whether they just did. I read relationships broken down somewhere. It's all speculation. You don't know what to what to believe on Twitter, so to, you know, on what on what you see. But I got the impression Lampard's got his like I don't want to say favourites, but the players he trusts. You know what I mean? And whether Alan for whatever mm-hmm. reason, I get the feeling. It's just my opinion. I don't know. I'm not basing it on anything. But I just get the feeling that it's he's become one of them players which he doesn't trust. You know what I mean? Whether that's Something personal, whether that, I, I don't, you know, he, he, he used them a lot, didn't he, in his, um, you know, let's say first 10 games or so. Lampard, I just got the feeling he's maybe in that, in, in, in that sort of bracket with some of the others who doesn't want to, want them to be at the club. Alan, Gomez, uh, Gabarman, Deli Ali's probably just fallen, you know, follow that as well. I'm not saying that's a bad thing for Lampard. You got to, you got to back what you, you got back the players you want and work with the players that you want to do. Not criticizing Lampard for it. It's I just, I just get, I just get the feeling Alan's not, not involved at the moment for whatever reason. Whether that's injury, fitness, personal, wants to leave, is leaving. I don't know. So for whatever reason, I get, the, I get the opinion he won't be involved. That's just my feeling. Um, well, if we're going to make money off him, it has to be now because he's, you know, his mm. contract is up next year. So maybe that's maybe that's all it is. I'm, you know, we're being linked with this James Garner from Manchester United. Maybe he's, you know, maybe they just trade one for one and 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 Alan, we try and pocket a bit of money for. Yeah, maybe. Is it more of a risk to play a two of Iwobi and Anana or Iwobi and Warrington? Mm, Warrington, would he get a chance? It's a possibility, actually. He looks very composed, doesn't he? For, for his age, he looks very composed. Um, and what I love about him is that he just he, he receives the ball and he immediately wants to go forward. Yeah, immediately wants mm-hmm. to you know find a pick a pass forward. Um, and and he's almost in, in in that respect. Maybe he doesn't have he obviously doesn't have the experience of Tom Davis. Maybe he doesn't. I mean, but you know he's 
he won all three of his aerial duels against Fleetwood, and he's not a big lad. And I was quite impressed by that, that he's not afraid to to really sort of get stuck in. And um, I don't know whether he would be risked, you know, given his lack of experience. I'd be surprised if he was, um, which is why I hope that it is, you know, whatever's happening with Alan, that, you know, we need him, we need you for this game, and then whatever happens after this um, yeah. happens. Um but oh, maybe maybe Lampard saw enough from Onana um, in the back end of that Fleetwood game because, as I said, he really did seem to sort of settle into things. Um, but he does, uh, you know, his his touch is quite heavy, um, and it's it's going to take time to 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 adjust to a new league, you know, and uh, new surroundings. And uh, but I, <laughs> but it really is needs must. It's needs must right now. The, the, the commentator for the in the, the Fleetwood game that was, was speaking about Tom Davis, he was saying he, he was still trying to play before the game. Uh, before uh, the game, so he had a little bit of a knock or a little bit of a niggle in in warm up. Maybe maybe he's actually not too bad. Maybe he's maybe he's available uh, because yeah. if he was still like wanting to play, then obviously it was a pragmatic thing for the fans to say, no no no, we need you on Saturday, so you, you just rest up, put some ice on it, and you know mm-hmm. well, let's get you ready. You know what I mean? So um, so yeah, I wouldn't rule out the rule out the possibility of Tom. Or Tom being yeah. involved there. Did you see the moment that Frank was talking to him? No, I, 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 I saw a, a brief clip of it on, uh, I think it was Sky Sports News that showed it, and um, it did look very much like that. It looked very much like that I am, I am convincing you not to play here. <laughs> um, so hopefully, you know, hopefully well, that it's would not mean- the sort of game where you want to risk. I mean, because it was. You know, it was, we 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 were we were comfortable in that match, and he used you know three kids, yeah. three kids off the bench, and then and obviously gave Reese Welch his debut. So he was obviously quite happy to say, "Look, you know, take a take a back seat for this one because you know we're going to be fine." It's quite um, brutal, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, the game. But uh, yeah, yeah. Who yeah. <laughs> was that maniac? Right? Was it Sean Sean Rooney? Or so yeah. we're just like kicking everyone. It was just one of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It was the worst. They, they, one they had a Garner as well. He was a bit rough as well. Yeah, there's a lot, 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 <laughs> lot of Garners around. They had two, yeah. didn't they? they yeah, had, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was Jed and I forget who the other yeah. one was. But Sign them up. They all, <laughs> yeah. they all <laughs> seem <laughs> to be dishing out kickings. <laughs> the one I was off the ball was like Awobi and uh, uh, Rooney went in for like a 50 50. Uh, Awobi won it. The lad was like screaming his head off. And then just like charging after the Awobi, just like literally yeah. booting him. I was like, why? I know that's a red card, actually. Like, why? Why, why isn't like you know? Okay, there was no VAR or anything like that. But why? Why is surely the referee or linesman saw that or just chose not to see it? Because that's just like, come on, <laughs> it's just ridiculous, wasn't it? And then poor yeah, Vanagra got pushed into the, into the holdings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, what's his face? Patterson got his got, his, uh, got shoved in the neck, didn't he? Just put, like dragged down by his neck for no reason at all. <laughs> what's going on here? Yeah, it was a brutal game. That's um, glad he came out with no injuries, other than Davis, I guess. But on the pitch, and some of the and looked in a bit of um, bit of bit of trouble there. He did well. Sort of, keep, he kept on going down and keep taking this thing out of it and making, which probably frustrated him a bit more. Whenever they would sort of like, they'd hack him down and he'd stay down for ages and etc. But um, yeah, he took a few kicks, didn't he? That one on his ankle looked pretty sore. Mm-hmm. And the referee mm-hmm. just didn't have any control of the game. The referee didn't get his cards out. Yeah. No, no, you know, nearly enough so yeah just glad to get get through that without any injuries really yeah just seen a video of uh of Gabamin arriving in turkey and he, he does appear to have walked through the airport without hitting anything or flipping <laughs> up or, um so that's good that's good for him <laughs> 
don't think the um sorry just quick the the uh, the Calibero Cup draw um Bournemouth away that's a, that's a rubbish draw isn't it and so like you know, tough on tough on the fans it's one of them game <laughs> Premier League team it's it's hard to be massively optimistic but you know it, it's Bournemouth and you you'd like to think you got mm-hmm. a chance but just looking at like I mean if we can get through that game just look like Fulham about Wolves are playing Leeds Forest are playing Spurs Man U are playing Villa. Uh, we're playing Bournemouth, City are playing Chelsea, Newcastle Palace, and Arsenal Brighton. So that's the seven, seven all Premier League ties, yeah. Yeah, and Fulham are already out, so that's eight mm-hmm. Premier League teams are going to be out there, including one of City and Chelsea and Man U and Villa, and Forest and Spurs and Arsenal and Brighton. There's quite a lot of like big teams, mm-hmm. reasonable, you know, tough teams. If we can get through there, there's you know opportunity a plenty for a good a good draw next round we won't we'll get through and get Liverpool away I'm sure but like uh, it, uh, that's the way but um, yeah it's uh, if we can if we can win I mean we might have depending where we are in the league then and yeah we might have uh, more important things to worry about in the league and you know rather than the cup but um, yeah just 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 couldn't help but notice the amount of all Premier League ties if we can get through that it's uh, it's an opportunity I think even the last 16 yeah. already done or something like that yeah, so yeah yeah well, yeah, the next round's not till early November, so we could, things could be very different by then. Mm-hmm. So, oh, is it that is it that far away? Yeah, yeah. because of the all those sandwiching and all the the um, European games and the Premier League matches before the World Cup, and then uh, okay. that that will be our last last two games before the World Cup. Will be a couple of trips down to Bournemouth, so <laughs> that'll be. Fun. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I'll well, cross that bridge um, when we come to it then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who knows what uh, what will be going on back then. Uh, but uh, just re- returning to um, Alex Awobi, who I think you know we've mentioned him a few times, but I think he's worth um, additional mention. I don't think there's been a, a transformation in a player's form, an impact, and by extension his standing among the fans than than Awobi. I mean, it's been quite um, quite impressive to watch. I think the lad have been largely written off by a lot of us as one more expensive mistake by the Mashiri regime. And if someone had had told you even nine months ago that Awobi would be the first name on the team sheet after Jordan Pickford. I think he might have laughed in their face. I mean, he's been a revelation under Frank Lampard, who I think deserves enormous credit for the impact that he's had, um, not only on, on Awobi, but uh, Mason Holgate as well, who's another player, I think, who's really come into his own since Lampard's come on board. Um, and then so both of them are finally looking like the players that, um, that I hope that we hope they would be when we signed them. So, uh, that'll lead us nicely into the question for this week, which is who's another player uh, who has turned his Everton career around in a significant way, perhaps not to the same extent that Alex has, because I don't think there is anyone who has quite had the transformation that he has. Um, uh, so what do you think? That's a high bar, isn't it? <laughs> what what, what yeah. I will be <laughs> That was yours, Andy. It's your, you, you, you fought this one up, didn't you, this question? Do you want to go? Yeah. Okay. A uh, few names floating around. I won't give all of them because I might be duplicating here. Um, the two that I've got it down to really would be Dominic Carvert-Lewin. Not because he was ever terrible. We should point that out. Um, mm-hmm. But I just couldn't see it for quite a while. I couldn't see how he was ever going to be the the, the player that he became for a bit, um, for a very small purple patch. Um, so that's one. And the other one was Stephen Naismith because again, he came and I thought, wow, what's this? Where, where, I mean, where, where do you, where does that, where does he fit in? Where does, 
I, I couldn't understand the signing. And I, 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 he came in obviously as a, we thought quite a creative player, but actually he turned out to be one of those hard workers in the top end of the pitch that really made the system work. Um, which I, and I thought by the end of it, he was, we, we really missed him, I think, for a bit um, when he left that team. Um, so those are the two that I've got it down to. I, I think probably of the two, I'd still go Calvert-Lewin um, because I didn't ever think that he'd be playing for England or scoring as many goals as he did in the Premier League. Um, again, just to stress, he was never bad, um, but I didn't think he would make it as a as a as a kind of relatively top bracket Premier League striker, um, and he well given the right service and the and the team being um, molded around his strengths, which we haven't done since Ancelotti left, really in any shape or form. I know he's been injured for a lot of that, but um, we haven't managed to find his strengths since. But when you do. You've got a really good striker on your hands, so I think it would probably be him for me. Oh, Mum was going to be Gary Naismith, so uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> wasn't wasn't really. Um, I, 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 I was I was struggling. I'll I'll go with one. Um, I was probably going to say Thomas Graveson, just because his story kind of reminds me a little bit of Iwobi in that he came in sort of a, a decent transfer fee. Um, with a bit of a reputation, international player, and then just never really cut it. And then seemingly overnight, it clicked. The difference being with Graveson, that it clicked for about three or four months of focus, and then he was gone as fast Enough to get him to move possible. to Real Madrid, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean, if you're talking about jumps up, yeah, it was pretty impressive. Um, but yeah, when I was... When I was kind of looking back over his story, I actually found uh, his his player profile on uh, Toffee Web. Uh, read uh, was unable to maintain that form, and over time he became more erratic and unreliable, uh, and uh, had no tactical discipline. Simply chased the ball like a schoolboy rather than holding his position in a team shape. Sometimes it looked as if he was running around the pitch with a hand grenade, wondering whether to take the pin out. Um, but I can confirm. Uh, yeah, seen him first down in my younger years. Yeah, uh, that that was Thomas Graveson, and to some extent, maybe maybe not quite to that extent, but Iwobi was a little a little bit of a kind of headless chicken who would sometimes try and do too much, sometimes would not do enough. Um, just never looked like he was going to find this strange groove of doing absolutely everything. Um, it is an unbelievable transformation. So there's there's similarities there. Hopefully. This doesn't precede him getting that big move to Real Madrid like uh, like Tommy G, but um, who knows? Ancelotti might have uh, remembered remember what, what a decent lad he is. But um, but yeah, that, that that was my pick, Thomas Graveson. Yeah, that first season of his on the Walter, on the Walter Smith, he was just like literally chasing the ball around like a lunatic and shaking his fist at the crowd. And, ah. <laughs> Thanks, on Tom. Yeah, no, he did improve a lot, didn't he? And particularly that season we finished fourth. And I think that was aided very much. Uh, but I remember they had like uh, number 16, Gravison, number 26, Carsley, alongside each mm-hmm. other in the midfield. You could hard to tell who was who. The numbers looked similar and they both obviously looked quite similar from afar. And he's actually mine, Lee Carsley. Is actually the, the one I am. Um, well, him or Pickford. I think they're the, 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 the transition from Jordan Pickford. And 
I think let's face it, most of us were like, oh blimey, oh, God, we need to get short of it. We need to move him on. He's you know, he's costing us goals all the time, and he's uh, the, the the transformation to to what he was last season was quite phenomenal. Pickford, but Lee Carsley is probably the one just because again, I don't think he was like really like having stinkers as such like um, in that sort of last season of Walter Smith. It was just like. I think the way we were then, nobody was really expecting anything of him. Just like, you know, when he signed, it's like a bit, bit, you know, uninspiring and all that. And he became such a key cog under David Moyes for a couple of seasons and a real fan's favourite. And uh, it's about turning that around just from being like, a, oh, well, he's an average, you know, average nobody to being a really, 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 really good hold midfielder. If, you, if he's fit for fit for Saturday, actually, that would that'd be quite helpful, <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> like, um, yeah. <laughs> exactly what we need to be honest on Saturday, but uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I loved the effort he put in. Lee Carsley and uh, obviously he scored scored one one particularly memorable goal, of course. And uh, yeah, just a uh, good all round fella, good all you know, good all round player. Made a made a heck of a difference, having not really been that involved or you know, that particularly impressive before then. So he'd be my shot. And I think Thomas Gravison's performance is that last season. We're somewhat down to Lee Carsley sitting in there, allowing Gravison to sort of work a bit further up the pitch and uh, get on the ball a bit more. Thanks to Lee Carsley doing all the hard, all the hard work behind him. I think that was a joke of a time, wasn't it? That Real Madrid signed the wrong play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly what I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but uh, good shouts, good shouts, and uh, actually similar to a couple that first popped into my head were Joe Parkinson and Barry Horn for that same reason that you know signings that were perhaps kind of average middling players who really uh, flourished once they were in the right system under the right manager. Um, so yeah, those are, those are good shouts. Um, another two that sort of popped into my head were Seamus Coleman and David Weir, who both had sort of really difficult introductions to, to life at Everton. But I think those come down to new players kind of betting in and, and to their new surroundings. So I don't know, there may be some recency bias involved here, but mine was Jordan Pickford. Um, I hope he's not getting back to his old ways because he's had a he's not had the greatest start to the season. But I think, you know, from that period after the derby um, where, you know, he, he unfortunately killed um, Virgil van Dijk, uh, rest in peace. Um, and the sort of the fallout from that and all the media hysteria, um, and to that, that period where he was injured a bit and um, Robin Olsen had to come in. Once he came back after that, I mean, he's been, he's been in top-class form and obviously his performances for, for England in the, uh, in the European Championships were excellent as well. So f- for me, I think he, at least in terms of more recent years, is the one who comes closest to Alex Awobi in terms of turning his form around, his perception around, his standing with the, uh, with the fans around. Notable mentions: Kevin Kilban, Zinedine Kilban. Oh, that's a show. Not bad, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and Phil Neville, I had on my list because, like, when we signed him, I thought, "Oh, really?" And actually, he <laughs> yeah. again, he became a really integral part of what we were doing at the time, didn't he? Um, mm-hmm. And really, kind of bought into it, um, and we bought into what he was doing as well. So, yeah, I, I, those two were the other two on my list. I did have Carsley down there, so I'm glad you mentioned him. Um, but yeah. Um, I've just seen that um, the Bobbles reported that Everton are in talks to sign Brighton forward Neil Mope. Hmm. Did, so, he play last, um, did he play last night? No. He right. didn't. Yeah. And he wasn't even on the bench last night. Uh-oh. So. 
<laughs> so Everton fans, isn't it? Like, oh, we need a striker. He's like, oh, anybody. We were wishing for anybody for an hour, and right at the end, we're all now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, being, I mean, speaking seriously about it, and I think we actually had this conversation. Was it last week, a couple of weeks ago, when we were to actually talking about Che Adams and and um, Neil Mope? Was that they are the kinds of players who, when paired with another striker, can can actually function quite well as forwards. I mean, obviously, neither one of them is quite Richarlison, but they are players who obviously have ability. Um, but my my biggest concern with Mope is that the big knock against Brighton for the last two seasons is they just need someone to put the ball in the back of the net and they'd be a great team. And Mope was their forward. They were striker. So that's, <laughs> that's kind of my... Um, I can't get past that. But I think it goes back to what we were saying before. I think we are getting we're getting quite desperate at this point and we need someone. Um, and having Neil Mopé is better than having no one. Remember somebody called once Neil Mopé the, the French Mavalas. <laughs> the French like very similar yeah. to like the Kevin Mavalas, a similar sort of like... Oh, no, he's a, he was a very good player, Mavalas, wasn't he, actually, for a while. They lost his way, yeah. I think, on the Martinez somewhere. Um, but like, I guess that ability. But I can see what people mean. It's like fits and starts of good, you know, bits of good play, but not quite finishing that off, you know what I mean? And mm. Yeah, I can see why people had that comparison. But, you know, we'll have to see. Uh, we'll see. So after all that, it's like, oh, we need a striker. And it's like, it's like let's, you know, you think we were finishing on the high note by, uh, by finding the guy that we might be signing a striker and it just left us even more disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> as long as he's not the only one. As long as he's not the only one. I think that's what I'd say about that. Maybe we should have just spent the whole hour talking about Thomas Graveson. <laughs> Safe he's certainly got enough, enough content of Mad Dog. <laughs> Another okay. one I had on the back of my shirt at one point as well, Graveson. Oh, there you go. We still, we'll, we'll cover that one. We'll do that one one day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but for now, that's us for another week. Uh, two games in three days for the Toffees, and you would hope some forward movement uh, of the Everton transfer Glacier, but don't bet on it. By the time you return next week, we'll be up against that uh, transfer deadline, and who knows what chaos that will throw up. Until then, take care, Blues. And if you're a regular listener, uh, we really do thank you for the support. Uh, if you have any feedback or ideas, we're always open to them. You can email those uh, to contact at toffeeweb.com. But for now, uh, safe travels if you're heading to Brentford and Leeds and up the strikerless toffees. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 